Hello and welcome to the Viasat Podcast. I'm Alex Miller with Corporate Communications. And today we're talking with Evan Dixon, Managing Director of Viasat Europe. Evan is based out of our office in Lausanne, Switzerland. And the team there is busy with the recent launch of residential internet service in Spain. So thanks for being on the podcast with us today, Evan. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, first, congratulations on successfully launching residential internet service in Spain. I mean, it's a great accomplishment for the company as we're looking to expand globally. Now, before we get into the rollout of in Spain, can you give us a refresher on where Viasat currently offers internet service in Europe? So Viasat currently offers residential broadband packages in Spain, Poland, and Norway. So if you live in those countries, you can get Viasat internet. We have websites set up in each of those countries so you can find us. Uh, in all of those countries, we offer fast broadband, so 50 megabit per second, unlimited plans. It's quite an eclectic group of countries that we're, we're currently in. So Spain, Poland, and Norway are very different culturally, geographically, but that's largely due to the fact that we are in markets where we have meaningful capacity on KASAT. So KASAT is rather constrained in terms of capacity in Western Europe. What we're trying to do is launch our retail services in markets where we can really build a foundation for the future. So so does that mean that the service plans are unique to each country based on what kind of capacity you've got? So the package design, designs themselves are relatively similar across the different markets. Um, however, I think the most unique aspect of them is the pricing in each country. So the pricing is based on a number of factors, localized factors, but primarily look at two areas. So one is we look at what is our cost to deliver broadband services in that particular country? And then two is we look at the external market forces. So that would include things like the competitive landscape, a population's ability to pay as a percentage of disposable income. Are there subsidies available that we can then take and discount the product as a result? Um, so those sorts of things go into a tailored, customized product in each each of the different markets. Right. And and so, I mean, Europe is uh, a lot of countries in a kind of a small area. So there's and, and a lot of different languages. So I know there's a lot of challenges to, to figure all of that that entire landscape out. Yeah, it's it is a it is it is very challenging. I think we every day face face a new challenge. I don't know that I would characterize anything we're, we're seeing as a surprise per se, just given the fact that every time you enter in, into a new market, you do so with the full realization that you don't, there's an enormous amount you do not know. So whether it's learning about the market, whether it's learning about the consumer, whether it's learning about government bureaucracy, et cetera, um, every day we are finding out new things. So our experience over the past couple of years has been a series of learnings um, that I would, and, and, and not surprises. Um, so I think the kind of things that we're learning every day are, you know, how do we most effectively and economically reach our target consumer within each market? What are people willing to pay for our service? So if we learn those things and we continue to every day when people buy or, or choose not to buy our service, uh, we can get better and better. I think that, um, one of the things that, we're very focused on understanding is how big is the market for our product, right? So that question is one that we are finding out the public's data, data sources in terms of how large the populations are for unserved and underserved. And each of these markets are, are, are entirely flawed. Uh, our, our data is telling us very different things. And so we're trying to understand based on experience, 
how big the market size is so we can bring that right into into Viasat 3. Okay, so you said that you know none of what you've learned has been a surprise, but there's been some interesting uh, things that you have learned. I was just wondering, is there an example like, uh, I don't know, people in Poland don't only use half as much capacity as people in Ireland or something like that? Oh, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's the learnings are all over the place, right? So the, the, um, I, I'd say um, one of the ones that we're dealing with today uh, are um, certain markets that we're in where customers do not feel comfortable about giving a credit card over the phone. Well, coming from the U.S., and the, the view is that when you are going to buy a subscription service, you provide a credit card over the phone, especially if you're going to have that company uh, invest an enormous amount of what we call SAC, um, subscriber acquisition costs, into that c- customer. Um, we like to make sure that we know that that customer can pay us for the service we're going to provide. So trying to learn about some of these some of these cultural differences and how do you face that? How do you de-risk the amount of SAC that you're going to invest in a particular country at the same time while facing the challenge of a customer feeling very uncomfortable giving a credit card over the phone? Um, so we're having to do some unique things here that might be unique, both from a back office perspective, from a marketing perspective, how we treat customers over the phone, um, that might be very different to how we're doing things in the United States. Right. And it sounds like you're you're just having to be really flexible in, in terms of uh, how you approach all these different countries. Yeah, a- absolutely. So I think, uh, I think having that flexibility when you enter into a market and understanding that, hey, this is, we are... Just because this is where we're starting, this by no means is where we expect to end up. I think that has made us relatively successful here. Um, so when we roll out, I think uh, sometimes when we enter into a new market, we'll say, "Okay, this is what we're gonna. This is what we're going. This is the package we're going to launch with, or this is the sales script we're going to launch with." And then very early on, we are making sure that that's working, and and if it's not understanding what's not working and making uh, and, and being able to pivot pretty quickly. Okay, well, let's talk about Spain. How did the initial rollout go in that country? Yeah, we are really excited about Spain as a market for Viasat. So there is a large underserved population scattered across that entire country. And we think it's going to be a great market for us, both in the short term on KSAT and long term on Viasat 3. So our sales in the country continue to, to really see positive month-over-month growth, and that's really all about having the word spread about our product. So when you enter into a new market, uh, awareness is key. Um, and for us, our product is such that people in need of quality broadband, as long as they're aware that a solution exists, they will find you. And so our job is to make sure that they know that Viasat is a product that can solve their problem and if they're aware of that, we think they'll find us. Right. So, you know, in, in, in the U.S. and also in, you know, in some of the other countries where we're in, oftentimes the, the customers that were, you know, that find our service useful are people who were outside the traditional cable or fiber zone. Uh, is that what you're finding in Spain, that those are the kind of customers that uh, are gravitating towards the Viasat service? Yeah, there's, there, there's no question uh, that that part of it, people, people that are, Unserved has always been uh, the easy the easy market for us. Clearly, we are a product for the unserved. But the growing market, the one that really gets interesting for us, the, the much larger market for us is the underserved. And the definition of underserved is one that moves every day. The faster our service gets, the better our product gets, the larger that underserved market gets. And so it's not a finite number by any means. Really, what we're seeing in the early days here of, of, of launching service in, in, in Europe is that 
our subscribers mirror that of where population is. And so underserved people are in urban areas, they're in suburban areas, they're in rural areas. When you look at a heat map of our customers, it closely mirrors the heat map uh, overall of uh, a population in a given country. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there key similarities between um, in Spain and, and what you, you might see in the U.S. in terms of how households are consuming Internet service? So we see a lot of similarities between Europe and the U.S. on a number of levels in terms of consume, the way they consume Internet services. So when we see the consumption pattern in terms of usage throughout the day with a peak in the evening being very similar between uh, Europe and the United States. We also see the same applications being used, such as Facebook, YouTube, Netflix, etc. Those are all very popular here. But I think one of the biggest differences we're seeing is the rate of growth in video streaming here in Europe. Here in Europe, we've long lagged behind the United States in terms of the percentage of bandwidth being consumed with video streaming. And what we're seeing is that that is catching up very rapidly. Um, the more that Netflix and YouTube uh, get a market foothold here in Europe, the more we're seeing that impact uh, the amount of streaming we're seeing on o- over our satellite. Okay. What kind of opportunities, you know, we talked a little bit about um, some of the, the service needs. What are the opportunities and, and challenges that you're seeing in Spain? And, uh, and are they similar or different than what you'd see in other European countries? And I, and I think you touched on that earlier, that they are indeed different. So, I think the two biggest challenges that we face in every market that we enter is product education and brand awareness. Um, so what is satellite broadband and who is Viasat? So there are varying degrees to how... Little education there is about our product or our company, um, but it's inevitable. It's always going to be a challenge. And so what we do is it takes time and investment, but one of the first things we do is we have to get people comfortable with Viasat as a brand. And so investing in above-the-line advertising, making sure people are aware of of Viasat, comfortable with who we are, going back to the credit card issue, making sure that if they feel comfortable in that brand, they can trust that brand, they feel more comfortable leaving a credit card over the phone with one of our agents. So it's things like that too. Um, and then making sure that they understand what is satellite broadband. Um, you know, uh, living it, living in the Viasat world, you know, we feel like everybody in the world should know exactly what satellite broadband is. But the fact is the majority of people don't. And it's, and it's our job to educate them through, um, through public relations, through marketing, through educational opportunities. Uh, and so that's what we're focused on. There's a fair amount of satellite TV in Europe, though, and that's that's typically how we compare sort of, you know, the size of the dish and sort of roughly how the the service gets to people. Is, is that correct that there's uh, they're somewhat used to that? There is. It's it's much less prevalent than in the United States, um, but it's prevalent enough that you can tell people it works the same way that your satellite TV might work, too, where uh, we have to install a satellite dish on your roof. There's equipment that goes in the house. Um, and as long as you can see that, that that dish can see the satellite, you can get service. And so um, that message sometimes resonates with people that don't totally understand the technology. Um, so certainly our agents use that on a, on a daily basis to people confused by um, what what the installation involves. And so uh, from the customers that have been installed so far, and I know it's still early, but have you had any uh, initial feedback from people saying... Thanks for bringing this uh, because we didn't have much before. 
Yeah, certainly. So, you know, we've performed customer surveys. We have Facebook pages where people can leave comments. We get feedback from our call center agents. You know, broadly speaking, people are happy with the service. So, um, like any new business, there are things we're trying to improve. Um, I'd say specifically on the support side is where we need to get better. Um, and, uh, and so we're making investments to make that happen. But in terms of, uh, in, in terms of are we seeing feedback from customers that is shaping our future, uh, the answer is yes. So we like to make sure there is a, a feedback loop between what's coming back from our customers and the products that we're developing, how we're servicing them, uh, and we make sure that we're taking that into account when we design our packages, when we set up how we should perform customer care, making sure that we're doing the right things in terms of support, installations, et cetera. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So. We think that the most important time to understand who your customer is is early on. And so as we're launching in these markets, our, we have a major focus for us to understand who is our customer, what do they want, how can we make sure we deliver that to them, give them a product that wows them, and a service that makes them feel good about good about the company they subscribe to. You alluded to it earlier, but I wanted to to mention that you know service in Europe today uh, comes from our jointly owned KA Sat satellite. But in a few years, we'll have a Viasat three class satellite over Europe with a, a lot more capacity. So, what kind of change is that going to bring to uh, our residential offerings and any other uh, offerings that we've got over Europe? Yeah, it'll Viasat three will be a massive impact on uh, for us as a business and for and, and for the people across Europe. I think. Uh, first, you're going to see that we suddenly will have a lot of capacity over the premium Western European markets uh, that we've been eager to, to enter into and where KSAT has been somewhat constrained. Um, second, we're going to be offering speeds that are going to be really surprising for people when they compare to what else they've been able to get in the past. So orders of magnitude faster than what we're able to offer today so we can truly say we're offering you know, fiber-like packages from the sky. And so, like I alluded to earlier, it, the, the faster the speeds that we offer, the larger our market gets. So the people that are on the fence with their slower DSL package, and am I willing to switch to satellite or, um, for, a, for a faster speed, the faster our speeds uh, that are that we offer, the more likely that person is willing to switch. So big changes ahead uh, in in just a couple of years with the the kind of things we'll be able to offer. And it's interesting also to think about, you know, when you think of Europe and you think of it being pretty densely populated in areas, but there really are plenty of areas, uh, you know, talking about Spain in particular, where they're pretty rural. So they're they're really uh, have been been left behind somewhat. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think you will see that in just about every country in Europe, just like you see in the United States where population is spread out between urban, suburban, rural, and ultra-rural. And the, the size of each of those populations varies by country, but those four different geographies will always exist. Um, and so our focus is, uh, is, is to make sure that we have a, a product that can deliver service to each of those four different geographies. Um, and, uh, and, and we're seeing that today, that people in each of those four different geographies are, are purchasing the product. Um, because even people that live in what we would consider urban areas, when we look at it from a, an, an aerial point of view, um, it turns out that they have been left behind and fiber for whatever reason, just didn't build out to their street or to the, 
uh, or, or to their neighborhood, and uh, and, and satellite offers a, a, a great option for them. Yeah, and, and Europe in general, I know the EU countries uh, have a, a kind of a mandate to try and get to uh, a certain download speed. Is it is it twenty five or fifty that they're trying to get to? Sure. So uh, the EU twenty twenty uh, plan, which is a plan that was developed by the European Commission, uh, is trying to achieve by the year twenty twenty, which we're knocking on the door of right now. Trying to achieve uh, 100% of households having access to 30 megabits per second and 50% of, of households having access to 100 megabits per second. Um, here we sit probably you know, less than half, half a year away from hitting that target and 15% uh, of, uh, of Europe is still without access to a 30 megabit per second package. And, uh, and so today we offer a 50 megabit per second package. So um, we are able to help solve the European Commission's uh, goals in the markets that we're in, um, and we want to continue to help the European Union and uh, in, in every market that we enter um, to, to achieve their goal. And I think our goal is to make sure that the European Union and the European Commission understand that satellite can be a viable part of their solution. Yes, and it certainly seems like Viasat's well poised to, uh, to help out. Absolutely. I think I think it's it, it's our goal to get in front of as many people as we can in Brussels and in all the local governments to let them know that we exist and that satellite is, is, is here today. We're helping bring fast broadband to people today. This is not something that's futuristic or, you know, many years down on the roadmap. It's something that's here today. All right. Evan. so uh, what haven't I asked you that you'd like to share about our growing European residential Internet service? Well, look for us to be announcing a few new market entries over the next year. Um, I think between now and next summer, you're going to see a few announcements of, of markets. We're certainly not done with growing the three markets that we're in, in Poland, Spain, and, and Norway. But we're going to continue marching down towards our goal of becoming a pan-European ISP. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today, Evan. And, and best of luck with uh, Viasat Europe and on all the uh, projects that you've got going on there. Thanks for having me, Alex.